Hi, I'm Eric Dewey from the Socially Awkward Studios, Science and Beer, and Her Majesty's Secret Podcast. And you're listening to another proud presentation of the Four-Eyed Radio Network. Check out more shows at foureyedradio.com. Starfleet Escape Podcast. Prepare for launch in three, two, one. Enjoy the ride. Welcome to the Starfleet Escape Podcast on the Four-Eyed Radio Network, where we escape into the Star Trek universe. This is episode number 55, and it's being recorded on June 26th, 2015. Today's topic, the newsroom. I'm Aaron. And I'm Clive. This episode is brought to you by Revenge Lover, illustration and design that fit your personality. For samples and inquiries, visit revengelover.com. So thank you for joining me again Clive. Yeah, you let me back. So the, you, you didn't list to any of the complaints then or the people saying that you should never let me back on, which is great. <laughs> right, yeah, we opened the hatch to let you climb back in. And uh, it's been about a year since the last episode where we talked about yeah. all good things, which I'm glad you remind. I forgot yeah. what we had talked about. I'm glad you reminded me it was all good things. God, yeah, it was. It was. It was the anniversary. It was, the, was it the 20th? Right. The 20th anniversary. Was it the 20th? Um, of all good things. Or was it the 20th? It was 20th because it's 1994. Right, you're right. 20 years. 20 years of Voyager this year. Oh, uh, yeah. Which was the, the January after. Yeah, you see. You see, yep. link it all in. Yeah, it all links together. Which we'll get into some some Voyager later on in the episode. Cool. Uh, so how have you been in this past past year? Very good. Um on the Trek front, certainly the the the, uh, the site's been going from strength to strength. We've had some really good interviews mm-hmm. um, and some extra pieces, a bit more on the Starship's work, more on Attack Wing, uh, more on sort of the fan, fan series, more on the, the books that have been coming out. So we've had some really, really good stuff. And I can only see it getting even more, particularly with Beyond coming up, with mm-hmm. a whole load of new things that are coming. And there's some stuff that I can ex- I'll be exclusively revealing to you as well oh, that, that nobody else knows. Awesome. So uh, let's <laughs> let's uh, jump into some of the news. It's been a while since our last podcast. It's been about a month. So there's quite a bit of news that we need to go over. So we are dedicating this whole episode to recent Star Trek news. This first piece of news isn't necessarily Star Trek related, but I'm going to tie it in slightly to Star Trek. The U.S. Supreme Court ruled that it was unconstitutional to ban same-sex marriage in the United States, so now everyone can get married. Now, I'm not sure if this is an issue in England, where you're from or not. So, we have civil partnerships, okay. uh, which is kind of not quite right. marriage, but you can get married, but I think it's, it's still different from heterosexual marriage, right. if you will. Right. Um, I've got to say I'm not an expert on the topic, mm-hmm. um, but I, I know that from, from what I understand from what I've seen, it's quite different in the States and how that kind of plays out and, and the difficulties and, and uh, where you are can determine if, if it's good or if it's not going to happen or whatever. Right, right. So Massachusetts, where I'm from, was the first state to legalize same-sex marriage. And there were other states that had several unions, like uh, like in England, and then slowly uh, several other liberal states allowed same-sex marriage. And with this ruling, every state in the union, all 50, are now uh, allowing, or they should be allowing now, 
same-sex marriage. So George yeah. Decay actually posted a few things about this today. He's yeah. uh, big on the, that front. Uh, so how does it relate to Star Trek? Well, Star Trek has been on the fence about showing same-sex relationships in general on on the on every series. Uh, the only notable exceptions are when it involves trills that I've seen, where the trill was in a male host, that male host passes away, but had a relationship with a female. Now the yeah. trill is now in a female host, and then the female with the trill begins a relationship, although they're not supposed to, with a fem- the female that they had a relationship with prior. Yeah, so it was rejoined in season four of DS9 is the one you're you're relating to, which is mm-hmm. uh, Susanna Thompson uh, and uh, Terry Farrell were the two that had the relationship. Right. If you go back to the very first Trill episode, which was mm-hmm. the host in season four of Next Generation, right. the situation is actually, I think, even is perhaps even worse, if not worse, but it's perhaps more darkly portrayed at the end right. when Ro- uh, uh, Rojan, Rojan uh, somebody else, the guy who is the, the host right. dies it goes into Riker, okay, but then at the end it's in a female host right. and Crusher rejects that host. Right. Even though it's effectively the same person. So there's that there was that sort of trait in their beginning. But as you as you said, it's still pussyfooted around the issue. Mm-hmm. It is the probably Trek's biggest white elephant for, for, for decades. Right. Um it pussyfooted around it there. It did it again, as you said, in, in Rejoined, mm-hmm. where the way they got around it was we can have two women having a relationship but actually then they're not they actually had a relationship as a man and a woman right. and we're just going to kind of play around with it and, and and that wasn't really the the way that Trek should have done it you know it approached a lot of things in the 60s a lot more directly mm-hmm. and it didn't here it tried it again if you remember this is a, a good one uh, in season 5 next gen The Outcast mm-hmm. which was the episode that had Melinda Coolia um, as the, and, the sort of androgynous sexed right. creature woman man uh, that was with Riker and right. that was that was another attempt at it right that I get I, I but it always I think it's the thing that Trek gets so wrong every time we it always either steps around it or just messes it up and makes it look really bad and really obvious that they haven't done anything I don't know what your th- what your thought on that is uh, no I I agree with you uh there were some rumors that uh was it not not tr- uh read was going to be a gay character, and then they dropped that. Bold it. Hawk was as well. Hawk in First Contact was written as a gay character. Right. Yeah. I, I oh, someone mentioned that in one of. And it was, and it was, and it was dropped. Right. It was going to be in a scene, and they never did. They, I think they just just wiped it completely. And again, that it, it's another example of how Trek has just managed not side, as badly sidestepped it. Right. I, I um, want to say Eric mentioned that in one of our previous episodes. I think he has. Somebody has mentioned it before, and I'm sure. Yeah. I, I know it's not something I picked up from you guys, but I know it has been mentioned on, on here before. Right, right. There was. I want to say the Star Trek Phase Two. You're right. I know where you're going with it. It's the two part they did, right. which was was it George? It was Kirk's nephew, wasn't it? Was Kirk's nephew. Yep. Kirk's yep. nephew, and it was the story that was written by David Gerald, which was originally designed as a next gen episode. I will have to have a look it up. We can carry on and give me your thoughts. <laughs> okay. I will look it up very, very quickly. But yeah, I know exactly which one you mean. It was a, it was a, it was the only two part of the season that that they did, 
mm-hmm. on phase two. But I still think, I mean, that was, I, I seem to remember it was, it was supposed to have been a, an episode of Next Gen. I think it was, it's classed as one of the lost episodes from their first or second season. I see. And they, in fact, Denise Crosby was in that two-parter. Oh, what from she? Blood and Fire. Blood and Fire. That's what it was called. Yeah. And it was, I'm sure it was, it was, yeah, because it's Bobby Quinn Rice who was who played Peter Kirk. In fact, John Carrigan was in that episode as well, and Denise Crosby. Mm. There you go. Um, John Carrigan, who we will note in a bit. Actually, we'll come back to him. But um, yeah, so it did actually happen. It was it was there, and they they tackled that, and I think they did it a lot more effectively than than the originals than any than any of the tracks have done. Right. Um, because they didn't sidestep it. But are we ever going to see it? Are we going to see it in the JJ universe? Mm, probably not. I still think they're mm. going to bottle it. Right. Yeah, they could only really do it in a TV series, I I think. You can't really do it in a two-hour movie where you have so much else going on. Yeah, no, absolutely. It's a it's yeah. a it's a big subject. It's something that every other TV series I think tackles has tackled or and then you have this franchise that's run for over 700 episodes, multi-billion dollar franchise and yet it completely ignores something which is and it's supposed to be tackling all these moral issues and right. and it, it just doesn't it's a, it's a real shame it is a real shame i agree so next star trek beyond the next movie set in the jj universe yeah we know nothing about this do we? <laughs> <laughs> we don't know anything about it uh it's been reported that filming has begun near vancouver canada yeah yes in fact it started yesterday filming was i think was started yesterday 25th yeah so it would have been it's it's it's, un, it's in production yeah, they're I actually see. making stuff. Do you follow? Oh, what's his name? Zachary Quinto, Zoe Saldana. Yeah, Zachary. Uh, his uh, uh, Instagram. His Instagram. Yep. Yeah, yeah, the two photos that he's put on. Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. And the the one of Zoe Saldana in a trailer, which she put on Twitter, mm. um, as well. So those those the three photographs we've seen so far, really exciting. Yeah. Really, really exciting. Do you do you like the title? If we'll is, come back if, to that in a bit. If it is the title, because, I don't know. Well, it is because Paramount have bought the website, yeah, haven't they? But this, we'll come to this in, the, in in a little bit because I know what we've got coming up. Right. But so it's Star Trek Beyond. It's basically been confirmed because Paramount's bought the, the website title. What do I think? Mm, yeah, it's it's going. One, the is in irony that it's got to go beyond flipping Earth, which is is a big thing. <laughs> right. It, it's got to have an enemy who doesn't have a massive ship at the end, and it's got to do that five-year mission which is what Simon Pegg said it will do so what do we know about it at the moment we know Zoe Saldana and Zachary Quinto are in it right. uh, we know that there is an extension now I think it is on Chris Pine and Zachary Quinto's contract for a fourth film which I think oh, was announced today okay I didn't see that um, no, I, I picked it up off a couple of websites nice. um, and there is the confirmation non-confirmation that Idris Elba may be in it as a Klingon he may not be in it as a Klingon but he may not be in it at all and apart <laughs> from that we know nothing. Right. <laughs> Hopefully, it'll be a complete a new enemy, and it'll be a new, it'll be a really new start. And that's that's what I kind of hope from it is that Peg just kind of goes brilliant. Let's just do what we want. Mm-hmm. But I still think he's going to have to bounce the mass audience, which I think is going to be he's going to have to he's going to have to balance. I want to write a Star Trek film against what Paramount and CBS want and and Bad and Bad Robot want. Right. Well, hopefully, it's something something good. Are you expecting a new Alien? Am I expecting an alien? I think they're going to do Klingons. Mm. I think it's going to be Klingons. I think that's where we're going. I think they've hinted at it in the first one. They showed us a brief bit of it in the second one, which will have given them, which will have seen whether or not that was a good enemy to use. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think we will go into the third one potentially with a Klingon war. 
but that would bring us back into the so into the into the familiar area. So I think it's supposed to be going the exploring route, which is where they kind of were at the right at the beginning of Into Darkness, and you went, oh, this is going to be real, and then and then you know where that went. Right. So right. I I I'd like a new enemy. Mm-hmm. I'd like a new enemy. I'd like to see what Simon Pegg comes up with because I think he'll be it'll be good for him. But we are going to get a very action orientated film. We know Rotten Tomatoes scores show that, that the O9 film and Into Darkness do read really well because they they appeal to the mass audience mm-hmm. uh, and they took Trek perhaps from out of its own rectum. If I'm allowed to say that, you can bleep no. that out. No, no, that's, um, fine. that's fine. But <laughs> but it's, it it appeals to the mass audience. It, you know whether or not we think it's good content or not, it's still making the money. There you go. So yeah. if they pump out another action adventure film, we'll still go and see it at least once, and right. it'll still make tons of money. Yeah, it'll, it'll definitely make go. money, and uh, even fans that don't like the JJ universe, they still go see the movies. Absolutely, so you do because you know that if you don't, then every other Trek fan that you talk to will go, "Have you seen it? Have you seen it? What do you think?" And then you go, "Well, I've not seen it," and, and you feel like the one left out, and, and you do, and right. you have to go and see it because you have to see how it compares to the rest of it. Is it any good? Is it better? Have you got the themes right? Mm-hmm. We know absolutely. We know. We know who's writing it. We know who's directing it. We know who's in it. As a main cast, we don't know who's playing any of the baddies. We don't know if um, Brian Cranston's in it, which was a big oh, right. rumor. Right. We don't know if Idris Elba's in it. We we know. I mean, we just know nothing. And it's probably. I mean, if you think about this, we started to film Into Darkness, and it was like, whoa! There was news everywhere. There was mm-hmm. coverage. It went mental. Right. This has been. We, we started. We started filming, and it kind of just went silent. <laughs> right. Well, I <laughs> and, mean, and there's just nothing. There was. You know, changing of directors, a new script. So there was... Which they're still writing, from what right. I gather. Yeah. They're still writing it. So. <laughs> which is even, which is not good. Yeah. No, no, not at all. Is the 50th anniversary is dictating it? The 50th anniversary is dictating when this film this film comes out. It right. has to come out next year. Right. And that's where they've already said this is the date it will come out, whether you like it or not. And now they're, they're, they're playing with fire. It's a dangerous right. path they're going to leave. But whether it'll be any good. Right. I mean, I, I've done that. do you think it has to be a summer release or, or would you be, I mean, I, a lot of Star Trek films, at least in the United States have released closer to Christmas. November's. Yes. Yeah, so Generations was November, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Uh, first contact was November. I would have liked a September release. Right. right to for, coincide. Yeah. To coincide. Exactly. With the 50th. I think it would have been better if they'd done September and really that would have, I mean, really pushed it at that. Mm-hmm. June, July, what else is coming out June, July, September 2016 that we know of at the moment? I've not looked at anything, so I don't know what's what's coming out around the same kind of time. Is there something else that's that's huge? Uh, I'm not, not sure. Independence Day two or anything like that. <laughs> no, I think uh, maybe a Marvel. Uh, there's probably a Marvel movie coming out. Uh, I, yeah, yeah. Other I than that, so. I don't. I don't know. I don't know. No. Oh, but the Marvel s- one. speaking of Independence Day two, I might we might have talked about this in our last episode, but. Brent Spiner is. Yes, he did. Yes. Oh, we did. Yeah. yeah he, but he's going to be reprising his role in in the next Independence Day movie, which is great news. Um, yeah. Although we all thought he was dead. But there you go. Oh no, I, I I think I could see him surviving. But but that's cool. That's I, good. No, it's good. It's good. Yeah, it's good. It's good. And 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 how they do a sequel is going to be interesting to see with that one because it was such a big film. Uh, it's a, it's really? a turn your brain off, enjoy it film. I admit. But how you do a sequel to Independence Day is going to be. Really, really interesting to see how they do that. But that's off the topic, right? Yeah. Well, well it involves, involves aliens. <laughs> it involves aliens. Yeah. I'll, I'll, we'll yeah. <laughs> uh, so uh, we'll go beyond Star Trek Beyond and go into uh, <laughs> Star Trek Uncharted. Yeah. 
Star Trek and Shaw. So the, this actually kind of links into Beyond, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Uh, because the the story that I understand, and if you read the site, and if you go into the blog post, so it's, this is this is a series that apparently has been in gestation since 1993 by a guy called Michael Chang Gummelt. And he's worked on this for 20 years and he's put it together. He's never intended to get it fan funded. He's never intended to do anything with it unless it was produced by a studio, unless it was given to Paramount to, to produce as a show. So he's worked on this. He's created scripts. He's thinking it's either a 23 episode series. It's a, it's a, it might work as a 13 episode series. The interesting thing is that Star Trek Uncharted used to be called Star Trek Beyond that's surprising isn't it mm-hmm. so amazingly this guy has now lost it he's sold his way he, he and i'm going to put two and two together here and, uh-huh. and probably get 12 <laughs> so let's assume right and that he has sold the website address to paramount mm-hmm. so they can then use it for the film as part of those negotiations i would think he's turned around to them and gone i've got this series it's set 200 years after kirk or 100 years after Voyager, depending on which piece of the website you read. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I, I scratch my head quite a bit this one. Yep. So he's been given the opportunity to pitch this show, which has a very interesting range of characters, which seems to cross from somewhere between Stargate and Guardians of the Galaxy and Star Trek mm-hmm. and Indiana Jones <laughs> and, and Star Wars. And he's been offered to, to pitch this to Paramount. Now, my thought is that when they when he sold the website name, his part of his agreement with them is, you know what, I'll sell you the website name, but part of my agreement is that you let me pitch this show to you. Mm-hmm. And now he's pitching the show because we think, you know, we know Michael Dorn's pitched to Paramount. We know several other people have pitched to Paramount in the past and have got nowhere. Mm-hmm. So why would this guy get anywhere when we know nothing? We've known nothing about this. We've known absolutely nothing about this since. And if you look back over his blog post that he's done on the site, Back in February, he was getting five to ten comments a week, five to ten results, results on his survey a week. He's now getting hundreds because everybody knows this site. Right. So he's gone from nothing and not really anybody knowing anything about it to this this stupidly high level. Mm-hmm. I mean, have you have you had a look at any of the characters, any of the script in this? I mean, what what's your kind of take on it? It's an interesting idea, and the time frame does seem a little little blurred, iffy. iffy. Uh, a lot of it seems like it doesn't take into account the destruction of Romulus. You notice that? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I think some of the concepts in it are, are decent. I just, mm. it doesn't seem like Star Trek to me. Yeah, I, I like the idea behind it that it's, uh, this galaxy has become boring because we've explored all of it and we need to go somewhere else and look at something else and, and expand it. And there's the whole galactic war element, which was really interesting. And, and the fact mm-hmm. of how the different you know the, the romulans the we've got deltons in there we've got orions in there how all these cuts have, have developed over the last hundred years uh due to this galactic war and borg attacks and all sorts of things that have gone on and they've now gone and explore this this andromeda galaxy because it's they've got new technology which can do it mm-hmm. and I, but yeah my problem with it is i just don't see it as star trek it's a very much it's an adventure series that would sit it's very it reminds me of a kind of cross between sort of farscape mm-hmm. And Stargate, what was the one that they did with Robert Carlyle? Oh, well, I'm not a Stargate um, fan. No, no, I'm not either. Stargate, and there's people probably out there shouting at us now. Uh, it thought Robert Carlyle in it, and he went in a spaceship, and there you go. That was what it was. Um, and Stargate Universe. Okay. There you go. 
I've just saved myself from the wrath of millions of Stargate fans. Uh, and I just don't, I'm just not happy with, I'm just not happy with the format. I, I, people are getting very, very excited about the fact that he's going to pitch to Paramount mm-hmm. and he's got this idea and it's been developed over 20 years. What concerns me is that it has been developed over 20 years mm-hmm. and that, that people are getting really excited and going, oh, this is amazing, it's Star Trek and, and, and this is this is what we need. It's in the Prime Universe, but he's forgotten. He's ignored the whole Romulan thing. Uh, the fact that we know the Romulans have been destroyed because that's part of the time. Right. And it's part of the Prime Universe. And I don't know. I, I've read it several times. And, and I'm, I I don't know. What, what do, you, do you think it's going to get anywhere? Do you really think it's going to get anywhere? I don't. One of the things that puts my quantum state into flux about <laughs> about this pitch is the technology that's being used, which, I mean, if it's 100 years past Nemesis, mm. yeah, technology's going to advance. If you look at Endgame, uh, in Voyager's Endgame, where they jump ahead to, uh, was it 20 years after they got back or whatever? 20, yeah, it's, it's, yeah, 20, yeah, 20, 20, 25 years, something like that. Yeah. So, I mean... Anniversary, yeah. They, the technology there was pretty advanced for the... Compared to the twenty fourth, uh, yeah, twenty fourth century, yeah, and that's only a, a few decades into the twenty fifth century. I just don't see it progressing that much further. Where there's hollow communicators on your wrist, uh, pattern you store things in the pattern buffer. I mean, yeah, what... I, I I cringed at that. I was just thinking that's just a massive waste of energy. Well, yeah. you, would, you would use more energy storing everything in your pattern buffers than you would if you just put them in a box. Yeah, I mean, look what, I mean, yeah, Scotty was able to do it, and this is probably where he got the idea for it. Scotty yeah. kept himself in the pattern buffer for, what, 70 years or so? Years, yeah. yeah. But he lost one of his friends in in that, uh, and that was jury-rigged. So, I mean, what if you lost power? Are you going to have no supplies? And you're... Yeah, effectively. You're in a different galaxy with... I don't, I don't know how they how the travel is. It seems like there's some kind of artificial wormhole type of technology that's getting them. It looks like a, a stargate, right? If you will, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. <coughs> Cough. So, yeah. five and Stargate fans were like throwing stuff at this. <laughs> yeah, just getting really angry. Yeah. So uh, I that's, mean, that's the, the stuff like that. It, it, he's just. I like the idea and I like the passion this guy's got for it. And I, I will not take anything away from that. Any fan who gets a chance to go to Paramount and pitch it, mm-hmm. you know what? Good luck to you. Right. I just think we get the fandom. And I think we had a, we've had a couple of conversations similar to this before about, about some of these guys who go, oh, I'm going to pitch to Paramount and this is going to be amazing. It, it, unless it's done from in-house, you've got such a li- And I think this is something that Alec Peters has talked about. Right, yeah. I think you might have talked to him about it and I've yep. talked to him about it. If, you, if you're not one of the brethren, if you're not part of that, that bad robot Paramount CBS mountain. If you're not involved in that clique, then your chances of getting anywhere are nothing. But what's going to what's going to happen if they like the concept and they think it's great? They'll buy it off him and then they'll just make it themselves. Right. I would have thought that would be the way they do it. Is just take everything that they can from it. You know, you think of things, uh, films that they've done in the past where they've just wanted to buy the title because they like the title, but they've got a story from somewhere else, like Blade Runner, for example, mm-hmm. um, where they like the title, but the story was actually a Philip K. Dick story. Could that happen with Star Trek Uncharted, where they've got the Star Trek name in the franchise and they just take all of this stuff and buy it off him? It could happen. Yeah. It, 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 could, happen. it could. It could. But, I mean, most of the the concepts are from other series or other other franchises. 
and uh, <laughs> and a lot of it is our current technology in Star Trek. I mean, there's pattern buffers in Star Trek, hmm. and they've stored things in the pattern buffer before. Um, Did you see the ship? The rent. Did well, you see the ship? The renters and what it is—it's a remodeled content class. Is what he's what he's saying it's based on, and the reason that is that it's that they don't have to have as big a crew as well because they'll be able to, because of all this computer technology, they can have a smaller crew, which is great for casting because that means you don't have as many people around. Right. But it's it's a, it's a remodeled constitution. It's it, again, and this is this is the thing that it's it's a lot of recycled concepts, which my brain kind of said, why would you get a chance to pitch this when a lot of this stuff is being used elsewhere? And you're going to get so many lawsuits from other people, from Stargate, from Bella Five, Pete, from J. Michael Straczynski, from Doctor Who, from everywhere is going to go. You've nicked that. Right. And that's my concern for the guys that he could end up with a lot of a lot of people coming at him. It's great when it sits on a website and and mm-hmm. you say to them, I'm not making any money out of this, which is great, which Paramount love because they get loads of free publicity right. and everybody else does the work. Like well, they love it right now. now. Yeah. Not so much. There's going to be a storm. Not, not so much in the 90s, but they, they do love the free publicity yeah. now. Yeah. They love what we do because we're just letting them we're just giving free publicity and flogging everything they want to do and, and it, it works right um and, and and this is you know it's, it's another story that's generated a bit more publicity before starship beyond comes out mm-hmm. starship beyond's filming started generates a lot of publicity always is the same story wharf story again wharf story cry uh, i cry <laughs> well i don't know i mean michael dorn's character went through so many changes yeah. And his the paths. I mean, I he was supposed to be a this is off topic, but he was supposed to be a on the high console and then he was a governor. Yeah. And then he was an ambassador to the Federation, I thought, in Deep Space 9 and then he was on the Enterprise again. So he went from DS he went from Enterprise, he went from the the D to DS9, uh which is actually 20 years it's 20 years this year since he went to to uh, is it 20 years this year or 20 years next year that's uh, Way of the Warrior 20 years next year, mm. 96 20 years next year is Way of the Warrior so he went from uh, Enterprise D to uh, Deep Space Nine, then he went back to Enterprise then he went back to Deep Space Nine, then he went back to Enterprise then he went back to Deep Space Nine during the films and then he went at the end of DS9 to become the ambassador, didn't he? Right. To Mark, so he became the ambassador on uh, Kronos and then went back to the Enterprise E for Nemesis Right and it looked like he's been it, there for a while. <laughs> and then and then suddenly Michael Dorn's... Like, uh, the character is the, is the the one character that's been on the show for the most. Right. Uh, he's got more hours on, on stuff. Um, I don't think we need any more. So I'm, I'm probably... There's a lot of people are going to hate me for saying this, but I, I firmly believe that it's a re... He's, gonna, he's recycling again, and, and we need to move on um, from, from the glory days, if you will. Right. So... There you go. Right, I'm I'm off. I'm off my <laughs> soapbox, and and uh, yeah. All right, so let's. I'll always give you an opinion, Aaron. You know, I always give you an opinion. <laughs> that's true. That's true. I. That's what I like about you. Let's let's move on to Star Trek Continues. Uh, yeah. They they just released well a couple weeks ago. Uh, the White Iris, and it yep. it explores Kirk's personal relationships and uh, his secret pain that he holds. As the commanding officer of the of the flagship, yeah, I love Star Trek Continues. I, that's not me being sarcastic. I generally do. <laughs> Sorry, it's the British thing, isn't it? It's it's. I generally love it. Uh, am I being sarcastic? Am I being honest? Um, I I really I really do love 
Star Trek continues. I, I was very privileged that I got a lot of um, retweets and a lot of comments back from the cast mm-hmm. um, when I reviewed White Iris. Um, and I got a lot of good conversation from, from the review that we, we put out as well. And I was really, really happy. So if the guys from, from Star Trek continues listening, uh, anybody link that, thank you so much. You, 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 do, me, you do me great honor. I've loved every one of their, their episodes, perhaps the last two more than the others. White Iris, mm-hmm. I think time was against it. If I've watched, when I've watched it again, time, it, you know, Kirk is traumatized at the beginning. He's fine 45 minutes later. Right. It's a very, it's a very time frame to do what they want to do in it. Uh, I, I, I mean, how did you, I'm, I'm, I watched it virtually as it, as it went straight on air on the day it came out and, and reviewed it pretty much straight after. I don't know. I mean, when did you get a chance to sort of see it and, and, how you I, I think I saw it maybe a week after it was released. I, I tried watching yeah. it on YouTube, but that didn't work out too well because YouTube had inadvertently taken it down uh, because <laughs> yeah, of copyright uh, infringement. Because <laughs> I wanted Super. to, I wanted to stream it onto my onto my TV. Yeah, but, but I couldn't. Uh, so I had to you know, sit down at the computer and and watch it that way. Uh, I liked it. I thought it was good. It made me appreciate the Kirk character more, which is yeah. is something that I didn't think would happen. So I'm not a r- real big fan of of Captain Kirk. I know I'll I'll get some flack for that, but I think the problem is I don't like William Shatner's portrayal of Captain Kirk. <sighs> <laughs> I know you just you sauced so many listeners. You know? I know, I know. <laughs> I get you though. I get I get what you mean. I think I think Vic is a a great actor as Kirk and he and he does do a Shatner he does do a Shatner more than more than he probably thinks that he does yeah uh but I I loved it and he he did a cracking a really good job and it was good because it finished off a lot of original series stories that were left dangling it, it felt like there was an original series episode that actually gave us a payoff right through through with white eyes I knew nothing about the story before I saw it so mm-hmm. I didn't know what I was expecting I the little twist the twist that comes towards the end was brilliant mm-hmm. and I didn't see that coming. Uh, probably fans are like going, oh yeah, I knew that was going to happen, but I, I generally didn't uh, and I, I loved it. I thought it was a really nice character piece. Very, very different to Fairest of Them All, which mm-hmm. is a lot more action-packed, a lot more of a, of a darker episode right. and again, led from, from the original series Mirror Mirror, but just just loved it. Absolutely loved it. Lighting was great, sound was great, acting was great. Tick, tick, tick for me. Take it all the way. Yeah, no, I agree. It's the best acting of any fan production that I've seen released so far. Yeah, I, I, I'd say the Axanar Prelude was was pretty close, but that oh, had yeah. professional. Yeah. I mean, those, those guys have done Trek before, so I would right. expect nothing less from from them. And I think the acting on it was, and I'll probably get chastised for this. I think it was better than I've seen from the material that's come from Renegade so far. I know it's been, re- I know it's had its premiere, mm-hmm. but I still think the continued series is setting the is setting the level now. The thing is, it's between them and, and, and Phase Two, so you're going to get a continued episode, and then Phase Two go, oh, we'll just set the bar a little bit higher, and then continues to do a little bit more, and then Phase Two just comes into this a little bit more again, and the right. two of them, it's great, and I know they they kind of get on now, and, and it's not the, the, the battle that it once was, but it's great to see them, the two of them really pushing each other mm-hmm. to to get better, and they do every time, every time there's something new, and you go, yeah, you've you've really nailed it this time. So yeah, I'm. I'm long made we continue to see them and I know they've got funding for episode I think it's episode 5 and 6 they've got funding for um, which is really really good to know uh, yeah it continues keeps uh, keeps pushing them out which is amazing that yeah. they continue to release one or two episodes a year yeah no, absolutely 
absolutely i'm they did a i don't know if you've seen this or not there was a little documentary that was done at the same time called our star trek which was done and made around the same time they were making white iris which is on the links on 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 some kind of star trek to it and it's uh, it was a really nice sort of very short documentary talking to some of the cast about their favorite kind of star trek memories mm-hmm. and favorite scenes it's it's well worth a view it's only about 10 15 minutes long i don't think it's okay. even that maybe 10 minutes uh and just talking to the cast about about memories and think it's really nicely done really nicely shot um but well really worth checking it out I'll, we'll put the the link to it on the link to my post on on the show notes yes and then you can if people want to have a look at it it's really worth worth five minutes of your time awesome but at 15 it's now down to five it'll be two minutes by the end of the coming <laughs> <laughs> and uh speaking of axonar they're going to be releasing an iphone and an android app which is anticipated to be ready by the time of their next crowdfunding campaign yeah I have to kind of put my hand up and go, I've not really followed Axanar that much recently because there's not mm. been a massive amount happening. I know they're doing the stuff on Trek FM and, and the podcast on there and I'm pumping that stuff out. Right. Uh, I think production has started. I, I think, think th- started. there was, they days. filmed, they filmed something recently. Yeah. I think it was just a test, wasn't it? But they have started doing some sort of production. I still think it's a great, it's a great project. It is probably the one a lot of fans are waiting for to see. I think Renegades is the what is because it's done by the the, the the cast is the big one that a lot of people want to see. Mm-hmm. And I think equally that couldn't act now. I mean, we've seen how the fundraising from that's been going. The fundraising has just been stupid. I've yeah. I've donated to Axon and I don't donate to anything like that. And I never have before. And I did for this one. I just think there's a lot of money they still need to raise. I'm just I just my concern is not now it's what happens when the the interest starts to wane a little bit towards the end and it will mm-hmm. it will it's natural that it'll it'll, it'll die off a little bit right. and they're going to need a lot of money towards the end that's just when it's going to get a little bit hairy I think I think there's some fatigue from all the crowd uh funding campaigns there's a lot there's a lot and it seems like there's one every month and yeah. there's only so many times fans can dip into their pockets for these for these shows well continues continues is one um mm-hmm. anthology which we'll talk about is another one uh, captain pike which didn't get its target is right. another one axonar is another one renegade is another there's five mm-hmm. and that's that's stuff that's just happening now we know there was other stuff there's this for the love of spot documentary as well which which again is another another piece and you're right it mm-hmm. does seem like there is one every month but yeah, it's just how are these going to be sustained? These bigger ones like the Axonars are going to be sustained. The Android app is it's going to be interesting to see what they do with that. Is it going to be paid? Is it going to be some sort of mm. donation towards it? What is it going to have in there that's going to be the draw? What is going to keep us interested till the end of this production? I don't know. I, I mean, you would have to... <laughs> if it's not free, if it's not a free app, the chances of me downloading it are very slim. You mean you don't like paying for apps on <laughs> I don't, the phone? I don't like <laughs> Get paying. out of town. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So a little backstory. I actually developed a few apps for the Palm Pre uh, WebOS. A couple yeah, of Star Trek please. apps. And my apps were free. So I'm just saying you should make free apps if you're going to make apps. But that's but it. there's no money in that. There isn't. I didn't, it's, yeah. it's the Ferengi and everybody. It's the Ferengi and everybody wanting, some, wanting to get a a shot at some cash yeah yeah and what would they use the money for i I guess they would use the money for for the film (laughs) yeah but even that i mean apple takes takes a considerable amount of of the money that you make for selling an app Uh, i I forget how much it is it might be 20 percent or something like that or or maybe more um 
it's just yeah. it's what's what's it going to have in there because the Into Darkness app, which was the last kind of focused Star Trek app, if mm-hmm. you will, had like quizzes on there, and I'm guessing they can put blog news on there and they put photos on there, of what's going on and things like that. But right. you can go yeah, to the I'm website not sure. for that. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Is this not just going to be a, one of those apps that's just a shortcut to the website, effectively? But right. well, I might be wrong, and, and it's going to be amazing. But will we'll, it's good to know that they are doing something they're continuing to try and drive that fan interest right. which is really key on them and uh, make sure they, they they keep the interest up and they keep people wanting to see this project through to the end because at the moment all we have is we have probably to axe and arm we have some stills and we have some cgi shots mm-hmm. uh, and and that was how long ago was prelude now six months yeah it's been a while was it was prelude january am i am i is my timeline completely out mm, I, but it was last year you know it i think it was Almost a year ago, a, a year ago wow. on July twenty sixth. So that was when Axanar's Prelude was released, and we've been it's twelve months now, and all we've had is the the Kickstarter for the first phase of which was just for just getting the premises from memory, it was just getting the site and starting to get. Wow! So we've been we've we're a year down the line, and yeah. nothing's really happened yet. They they're, they're building the bridge. We're going to need to build a lot of bridges at this rate. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's all I've all I've really seen is the bridge. I, I think they did film at least one scene. I know one of the perks for yeah. the for the next or potential perks for the next Kickstarter is the filming board. Yeah, that 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 thing. Yeah, that thing. But to get that, it's only one of them. And to get that, it's crazy expensive. You've uh, got to basically buy a starship to get the clamp. Right, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I can imagine. I'm guessing they're now going, we've got to step the perks up, but we've also got to step the amount of money up that you need to be doing it. Right. So are we going to see, through the later Axonar ones, the amount of money you need to get a perk and the amount of money you need to donate, is that going to increase? Mm. There you go. Just a thought. Yeah. Just a thought. Crazy, and one of the one of the perks is supposed to be like they having they have this contest for fans to produce Star Trek Axanar wallpapers. Yes, yes, I, yeah, I saw that. Yeah, yeah. I know what you mean. Yeah. So, so one of the one of the perks would be a digital download of the of the wallpapers that fans made. I'll wait till they get on Google Images, and I'll just take. Yeah, them <laughs> yeah. Sorry, if there's anybody from Max now listening, but that's what's going to happen. Yeah, that's what's going to happen. They'll be, on, they'll be on Google Images within 24 hours. I wish I, it's it's the same with the guy from Uncharted. I wish him a lot of luck. Mm-hmm. I just I just think we need to start. It's like with Renegades. We need to see, and I know with Renegades, we have seen the result. Now they have done it. Right. They need they need to kind of put something out and say, look, this is what we've been doing for the last 12 months because we've not seen anything for a year now. And I'd hoped we'd have been further down the line than we than we are by this point yeah i think they had issues finding a finding a set yeah a, a location for to build the bridge a, a soundstage Airy studio, yeah 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 so. i think i remember that but it's it's still it's been a it's been a while i look forward to it i'm sure when it comes out it'll be absolutely stunning because yeah. technology will have moved on again from where we are now so it'll look probably will, will look amateur probably by the comparison um but yeah i'm looking forward to asking joji hertzler about that next year when I get to meet him. So that's my little perk. Nice. <laughs> that's coming too. So let's move on to another fan production. Mm-hmm. Star Trek Anthology. Have you have you seen much of this? Have you read much about this one? I, I know the premise of it. I've been meaning to get them on the show. It's just been a, uh, scheduling issues on my part. Uh, so hopefully, hopefully we can get that 
done down the road. But it seems interesting. I One of my little exclusive things for you, Ooh. this is one of two, is I've done an interview with Jim mm-hmm. from Anthology. So I spoke to him two weeks ago before they started shooting the scenes for Logical Solution, which is their second episode. Okay. So I spent, I think it was about an hour and a half, we just talked for about the project on mm-hmm. Skype. It's massive. It's it's something that's never been done before. Uh, so at the moment, they're, they're, they're looking at starting with Challenger, which is the, the linchpin piece of it, the, the kind of trademark piece. Right. And then they're going to include Mother, which is set on a freighter, will be very cheap to run, and then they're going to do Gary 7 as well. Mm-hmm. And the idea is they see how those two work. They can either develop them more or they will replace them with something else. And it's an anthology series, so it kind of will continue to churn and, 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 and develop as it goes. But the Challenger will always be there as the central piece. The really nice thing about it is that with Challenger, they're also looking at getting other fan series involved and having the actors from those come in and do little bits for them. So they've gone doing a couple of lines here and there from Valiant, from Saladin and from another one, which I can't quite remember as to that series for forgetting. So they, they're going to drop these little bits in and try and get fandom to work a little bit better together. And I know that they've got some involvement from phase two from James Corley, who's letting them use some of the sets okay. or he's involved, I believe, but I've got a whole piece coming on on anthologies really just I, I just want to see what are your sort of thoughts were. i know they're doing a their first kickstarter kickstarter again kickstarter yeah. there you go yeah. anthology their kickstarter failed and they went back to the drawing board and they looked at why it failed and they're going to do an indiegogo campaign okay and, and do something different with that and, and work out where they can go but i think jim has a, a good grasp of what he wants to do i asked him did he think he was completely insane for doing three effectively three series in one go right and he has a very good background in theatre and understands how he can do multiple productions at the same time and you will love talking to the guy, he's very passionate about the subject he's very passionate about, about Challenger and about Anthology and, and really wants to do the best he can but he wants to tell and his key to me is that he could just do it with a, a cardboard box and an egg case for all I care because what he wants to do is he wants to tell good stories and that is absolutely key he wants to tell important stories and, and that are about issues and oh. that, that to me is, is, is really good and I think yeah. if, you, if you, you must get him on you must get him on have a chat to him um, because he, he is great and I'm, I'm hoping to talk to him again but the interview I'm, I'm still writing it up because I did it as an audio and I'm, I'm transcribing it mm-hmm. uh, so the, the interview will be up in the next sort of week or so okay. which will cover everything we talked about as well but, but it, it's the three concepts there that he's got at the moment one which is an original which is Mother original but based around Colt so Yeoman Colt who was in the cage is the captain Okay. Uh, and then Gary Seven Piece, which is going to be, but they're, they're doing it with a kind of tongue in cheek twist to it as well. So there's kind of an in joke that, you know, what they don't take themselves too seriously. And they know mm. it's a fan series and people, I, but I, I love it. And I, I think you'll really enjoy talking to him and having a chat with him about that. And okay. I've waffled on far too long on that. <laughs> no, <that's... laughs> I, just, I wonder what you thought about it. I know, because it, it just seems like such a different project. And it's just it's weird that it didn't really get anywhere off its, off its first campaign. Yeah. This is actually something that Eric brought up a few years ago about yeah. having an anthology series something a little bit on a more grander scale than this is i like the concept i i think i need to see more more of the acting yeah, uh, yeah. before Absolutely. i can decide either way if i like it if yeah i i think he's got the right idea yeah he understands what the fans want which contrasts quite markedly to what you've got from Star Trek Beyond, which is what the mass public want from right. a film. He understands the fan base. He very clearly understands the fan base and understands what makes them tick and what they want to understand. They want to have something that makes them think mm-hmm. about 
the show. Whether that will generate enough interest, I don't know at the moment. But it'll be interesting to see what he comes up with. They're, they're, they're a trained actor. You know, the guys who are involved are decent actors. They have done acting before. They've been involved with theatre. They've been involved with some... So it's not as if these guys are just, they pulled them out of some McDonald's. Right. Uh, yeah. Six in the morning and gone, <laughs> stick this uniform on, stand there. And they're doing some filming at the moment. So they've actually gone and they've started filming Logical Solution, which is their second episode. Okay. Yeah. I saw um, because, it, yeah, it requires yeah. a lot of outside shooting. So they're doing all the outside shots first and then they've got a session, which will be all the sets, which they'll need from phase two. So they're going to oh. do that later and then do the first episode and second episode in one go. But I think it's a great idea. I think, as you say, anthology, if it's it, it, it's something we probably need to see, something that, that varies and gives you lots of different stories from the from the Star Trek universe. Yeah, it's uh, something I'm eager to see. Hopefully hopefully they make it. And I hope their Indiegogo is uh, successful. I know with Indiegogo, yeah. you don't need to... I, at least I don't think you need to reach your goal to keep the money. Is Is that... Yeah, I think that's the key with Kickstarter yeah. is that if you don't reach it, you. And it's the same with Captain Pike. So yeah. Captain Pike was a another one that I talked to the guys about um, and talked to another a few weeks ago. They were really worried that they weren't going to reach it, and and they didn't, right. as we know they didn't, and they lost everything. If you do not hit the target, you do not get a penny. Right, and that's it, and that's how Kickstarter made the money basically. Uh, and with Indiegogo, you have that flexibility. So. We'll see. I think I think with Captain Pike, just to kind of veer off a little bit, I think they're now looking. They've done it in sections now, so they're raising funds just for the first act, just to produce oh, that first act of the, of the of the show. Okay. So we'll we'll see how that goes on. But yeah, that was a that, that's quite a polished production as well. It's very interesting to see what they're in. But um, yeah. Sorry, you're letting me talk a lot. <laughs> <laughs> that's okay. So again, speaking of of Kickstarters, and we mentioned this. Oh, you mentioned it. It's it's the final days for, uh, for. For the love of Spock, uh, which, more fours in that sentence if you want to put them in there. <laughs> which is a documentary by Leonard Nimoy's son, uh, or will be a documentary about Spock. Yeah. I saw the documentary that Adam Nimoy, yeah, where he walked around Boston with with Leonard Nimoy, talking about his his childhood and growing up. So yeah. I mean, he knows what he's doing. As of this recording, four hundred and eighty nine thousand. Oh, they put a thousand on in the last hour. Uh, so their goal is six hundred thousand. Yeah, and there's five days to go. So when this goes out, there will only be a there'll be two days after this comes out. Hopefully, hopefully this comes out on Monday. Uh, so hopefully they make their goal. I really do hope so. I really, really hope they make this. William Shatner's been pushing it recently on his Twitter feed. I think he yeah. gave a few a few perks, which I think sold out already yeah it's some of the higher ones isn't it yeah because they've all pretty much gone all the all the big ones are are, are pretty much gone um i had a look on that it's it's a great project if you've got the cash to 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 pump towards it absolutely um it's it's one of those big things adam nimoy just a a kind of side geek fact did in fact direct some track oh really uh so he direct he directed timescape oh well good episode i i believe i think he directed timescape from memory Okay. Uh, you can probably get that at some point. <laughs> check it, checking now. Are, are yeah. DNG so he directed right? Timescape. So he's he's done some. He's done. He's directed before, uh, and I think he will make a great program. It was going to be originally uh, people who've not maybe seen the trailer. It was originally just going to be about Spock, but now it's going to be about Spock and Leonard Nimoy. 
but it's all to do with the fundraising. It's all to do with getting the licensing for the photos, for the licensing for clips, mm, right. getting it yeah. made, all the post-production. And, and I get why he's doing it. And he's done a lot of work on it. And it's just giving that last push to make it a really big and really successful project. And I really, really hope that, that, it, that it does get made yep. because I think that, that it deserves it. And it's got a lot of you know big names that who are going to lend their time to it. So the, the original cast, what's left of the original cast are going to, be in there and that's that's great news um i really really hope it happens really hope it happens i haven't covered it and I've, i do feel a bit guilty that i haven't but i'm just not to be honest, i'm just not not have the time right. um given all the other stuff that, that we will no doubt talk about as we go through as well right and, and you are right he did direct timescape a good memory good memory there. wow that was pretty good this is making up for all the errors that i made when i did i did a podcast with the guys from the engagement podcast a few weeks ago sorry plugging another podcast so that's fine they're english the other side of the chat it was, uh, it's fine yeah. and, and I, I my voyage knowledge was appalling <laughs> <laughs> i was getting episode titles wrong i was getting seasons wrong the delta fly didn't appear for it. i was just it was horrible i'm just trying to make up for it now uh, that's okay so there you go you, i i don't blame you for getting voyager information wrong the, the worst thing was I watched watching that season at the time. Oh, well. I mean, it was even more embarrassing. Because yeah. I'd gone, I am watching that. Oh, I know. Well, that's kind of, yeah. There you go. But yeah, I love a spark. Guys, just, just, just fund it. Just get it funded. Yeah. Please. So, as sadder news, James Horner, who will be known to Star Trek fans as the person who made music for Star Trek II, The Wrath of Khan, and Star Trek Three: The Search for Spock, uh, passed away at the age of 61 in a plane crash on june 22nd yeah tragedy big tragedy uh, I, I wrote a, a piece on this on on, on scoffs uh, mm-hmm. a couple of days after because it took me a couple of days to kind of get what i wanted to say right right and i'm watching star trek 2 tomorrow actually which is strange i've already kind of got yeah i'm watching star trek 2 I need to watch. but i've played the soundtrack a few times i'm sure as many trek fans have oh, yeah. the last few days and it's just a, a magnificent piece of work what i didn't appreciate until i started looking through his imdb list and i put this into the piece as well that he'd done some material for phase two Oh, okay. So he'd done the music for, the, I think it was the the George Takei episode, and he also did mm. the music for the Tibold the Go vignette, vignette that he did when Brian Gross came on board as Kirk. And in a strange link to anthology, they he also has done some music for their vignette, which is coming, which they're due to do soon, um, which is called Legacy. And the, the link is between anthology and that is that, that the captain of, of Valiant is actually doing a piece in a couple of lines in, in uh, the Challenger episode, uh, um, the, the pilot for that. Oh, I see. So, though, so Horner's, Horner, he's, it kind of comes across that he's not one of those kind of com- those composers who is completely up themselves and really wants to get involved and likes his track because he's come back and done two, two, two um, fan series. Right. But his body of work is so impressive mm-hmm. and just just amazing. Even if he was responsible for my heart will go on, I can let him off. Um, but it's, it is a tragic loss, absolute tragic loss. Yeah, I agree. In some a little bit lighter news, I, I guess lighter, uh, uh, Nichelle Nichols is recovering after suffering a stroke on June 3rd and reportedly is responding well to inpatient rehabilitation and has lost no mobility. So that's good, and I'm, I'm glad she's doing well. Yeah, absolutely. Good, good news. Very lucky. Very lucky. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Considering what she went through, we've got to appreciate these guys are, are not getting any younger. Right. And and it's it's fifty years. You have to think it's you know for us, but it's fifty years since Trek. And, and I remember twenty five years. And, and you think you know they were much younger then. And you know they, they were in their twenties and thirties when they started making Star Trek in the sixties. And now we're we're 
saying 50 years later, we have to expect it. We know from the fact we've lost Nimoy, we've lost DeForest Kelly, we've lost James Dehan, Grace Lee Whitney this year as well. Mm-hmm. Tragically, it's going to happen. Although there was an interesting piece on StarTrek.com today, if you've seen this one, the guy who is the oldest living, the, the, old, sorry, the oldest person still alive who has been on Star Trek, and he's 101. Oh, okay. And he was the old man at the beginning of the Voyager episode, Blink of an Eye. And it's on StarTrek.com, so go and have a look at it. And he's 101 at the moment, and he's the old, the person, the oldest person living who has been in a Star Trek episode. Hmm. There you go. Odd fact. But yeah, I, it, it's great. It's great news. It's great news that she's, that she's doing well. Indeed. This goes along with your... You, you're doing a Voyager rewatch. Have you finished your rewatch? I've got up to Equinox Part 1 this morning. Oh, nice. So that's where I was. I'm, I'm Equinox Part 1, which is one of my all-time favorite Voyager yeah. episodes. And, and and I guess I can say what this, this is actually our reference is, mm-hmm. is that in the UK, it's 20 years ago today, which is the 26th of June, as we said at the beginning, since the VHS of Voyager first came out in the uk and we all wandered down to our, our local high street retailer and bought it and it must have been priced at about 12.99 so that's about 25 dollars roughly that's 25 dollars and yeah i just wanted to kind of say it's it's 20 years ago today that we finally got it over here which is mm-hmm. brilliant and and videos were great because they had these really nice um the cases were as good as much a thing to go and get as the, the video itself because yeah. they had all these little tech specs in them and profiles of the characters and a little nice. bit on what episodes were coming on volume two and it was just it was just wonderful experience yeah so yeah for me enjoying voyager a lot more the second or third time round. Uh, i haven't watched okay. it all the way through since since the 90s right and it's such a better series of when you watch it back so i <laughs> I, I recommend you go and maybe just bear the first two seasons getting season three and it's it's a really good show it's a really good show now there are episodes that i liked of of star trek of Star Trek Voyager, did you like the Caretaker episode? I did, and I, I guess if you, if you get a chance to have a look at the the piece that I've done today, to mark twenty years mm-hmm. since it came out in the UK, I loved Voyager. It's something I did with the, with the engaged guys as well. Caretaker is a great episode. It's a great pilot. It's very very different from from Emissary. It's an action adventure piece rather than kind of thought provoking piece that, that that we got from the Cage and we got from 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 Emissary. And it sets up so much potential, and it, it, I guess that's that's the problem with Voyager is that it never fulfills that potential that the caretaker sets out. There are so many things that it sets up, so many dominoes that we, we have there that it, it never fulfills. Mm. The Mackie piece is, is is given up quite easily. Um, the the potential of the ship and, and how it could have progressed. We get big reminders as we go through the series of actually this is what he could have won. You know, we get things like Year of Hell, we get, we get things like Equinox. I was watching Equinox and thinking, just thinking how much it would have been if we'd have seen the ship continue to batter and batter and batter mm-hmm. as we would have done in Year of Hell. Um, and the different races you would have seen. And, and, and it's, it's a show that just, that I'd really like now. And I really understand it and I've got a better grip on it. And there are some episodes that I didn't like the first time around and I think are fantastic. And Gravity, um, Counterpoint, a superb episode um, from the sort of uh, fifth season of, of the show. But it never hit what it could have done. Mm-hmm. And I guess that's, that's probably why you don't like it too much either. Yeah, it's... I just never saw the potential. Was that um, from Caretaker then? Was that kind of lost from the from the pilot onwards? Fr- from the pilot onwards. And same thing with uh, Deep Space Nine with Emissary. I didn't like Emissary. It took, I don't know how many seasons, until I started to like wow. Deep Space Nine. But Deep Space Nine, once the Dominion War started, it's one of the best 
TV Guide called it one of the best shows that nobody's watching. Deep Space Nine, yeah. not Voyager. And I just, there was no moment. I thought that Scorpion was going to be that moment where things would change and it would become a better series. I think Scorpion was a great moment. I think Scorpion, and that's that's potentially Voyager's issue, is that it's it's full of great moments. It's mm-hmm. not full of something that continues well. It's full of great, some really low moments, once upon a time. It's actually now my, my worst, most hated episode of Star Trek ever. I hate once upon a time can't stand it it's worse than threshold it really is worse than threshold but it only has these little it, it, you you build up to a great piece and then and then you have to wait again and there's another great piece and then there's no consistency with voyager i think that's the, the big mm. issue you get a right. lot of right. meh, and then some absolute gems which are just mind-blowing and it's a very conceptual show and that's the big thing with voyager is that it went big on the concept but never fulfilled on what it could have mm-hmm. should have brought the ship home earlier anyway but that's that's what we could, this is a whole yeah. this is a whole hour and a half you could yeah. you could fly on bird just on what, what we got wrong yeah so we'll move on and we'll <laughs> <Quickly>. go <laughs> we'll move on to attack wing now i don't really know anything about attack wing yeah it's just there is a lot of stuff coming out at the moment for attack wing i i'm a bit of a, a bit of a keen player and this week so they, they release a kind of a wave, which is three ships every so often. Okay. And um, this week they've released... We could actually do this as your Would You Buy It? Oh, yeah. It could be your Would You Buy It. So there were three ships they, they released this week. Fortunately, I have them here with me as well, so we can, we can see these. Nice. So I'm, I'm, I'm just dropping away from the screen for a moment to, uh, to just pick these out. So there's one, there's two, and there's three. It'll be interesting to see if you recognize these from the miniatures. So this is kind of a bit of a guessing okay. game. It's great being on audio because it means everybody can see what we're doing. <laughs> so I'll start you off with an easy one, okay. which is this one. Oh, Bird of Prey. Bird of Prey, excellent. So this is um, the... It's a really good miniature, actually. It's a really, really good replica. That's the top, mm. and that's the bottom. Really nice. It's actually nice. a little stand piece there. For everybody who's listening, the Bird of Prey is green. <laughs> the clean on bird of prey it's the clean on bird of prey it's the clean on bird of prey it's it's, yep. it's actually the it's supposed to be the ning tao which is from the deep space nine episode once more into the breach okay so it's the ship that core takes to stop the dominion and allow everybody else to get away so it's a really nice piece it, you come with five range of five captains you can choose from so you, the big thing is that you don't have to necessarily have all the cars that you get with the ship for that ship but it is a really nice piece to play with and and the, the get the, the the mission that you get which you can play as a solo piece as a as a piece is based around that episode as well and that's the nice thing with the models is that you get a story with them that you can play out as a two-player or a one-player or three-player game okay um which is based around the episode that the ship may have may have appeared in out of the bird of praise that they've released and i know it's not all about the models this is a very very good re- replica they've done for this one really impressed with it with the wings dropped as well so the chang bird of prey which i just hang have to hand as well is, is actually that one and it's in the attack oh, okay. position and the colors on the chang one were a lot a lot duller i see a lot duller so um this is a really nice one the second ship i have for you from wave six, wave 15 is this one this will be an interesting one to see if you know what that is I want to say it's... Is it from TNG or no? It's not from TNG. It's actually from Deep Space Nine. Mm. Yeah, I can't You're think of not it. Got a clue. It's a Bajoran scout ship. Okay. So the, it's it's a little bit off on the colour. So this is a Bajoran scout ship from uh, the Siege. 
okay. is what it, they're classed it from. Um, so it comes with Jarrow Esso as a captain option, uh, Colonel Crane uh, as another option. And they're very, very defensive, but the stats are quite different on the ship. So this Bajoran one is quite a low points ship. So there's not a lot of shields, not a lot of weapon options. So you have to kind of rely on upgrades. So okay. you can mix and match the upgrades that you've got from, say, something like the Bajoran Interceptor, which they released a couple of years ago. So the little kind of drop wing ship. Mm-hmm. Okay. If you remember, it's got it's kind of like a bird, big drop wings. And the idea is that you can you can stay faction pure, you can mix and match the, the crew bits, whatever you want. So you could just have a bird of prey, which has got Picard as a captain and has a transphasic torpedoes and has a Thaleron weapon on board. You can really mix and match depending on how you want to play it. A lot of people like to play it faction pure. So you'll have federation ships, federation upgrades, Romulan ships with Romulan upgrades. The World Championship has just been held. So if you go on the Wes Kids uh, site, you can actually see on there they've got uh, the World Champion and he's got like a Borg cube with Wayun on it. Interesting. <laughs> things like that. It's really weird. And he's got cloaked mines on there, which is a, uh, something from the Defiant mm. um, upgrade. It's a great game. It, it, I, uh, we have a local uh, shop that, that runs uh, evenings and you can get involved with tournaments and I have one of the guys who writes for me uh, on attack, about attack wing stuff and he's got the Deep Space Nine model and he's won a, a tactical cube. So there's loads of different upgrades you can do. It depends on what shit you get and what points. But at the moment, these, these, the, this, is the, this is the wave that was released this week. And the last shit that was released this week is this one. Prometheus? Moment of spot on. Yeah. Wonderful paint job, isn't it, on the Prometheus? Absolutely wonderful paint job. That's British sarcasm for you. Um, <laughs> but it's great because it comes with regenerative shielding. It comes with the multi-vector assault mode, so you can, uh, which increases the number of It, it doesn't dots. actually separate, though, right? No, it doesn't no? separate. Okay. My son nearly stood on it, so it would have separated. <laughs> but, it, <laughs> but fortunately, it doesn't. Um, it's a re- Again, it's, a really not, it's quite a points-heavy ship, so there's a lot of points for the ship itself that mean you are limited a little bit on what upgrades you can put on it. The okay. Doctor is a captain option on this one, um, as is the Romulan guy who was played by... can his name, played Joaquin in Star Trek 2. Okay. Um, he's the, okay. he's the, the the other captain option. The ships are great. I mean, this is, this is Wave 15. Wave 16, I think, from memory, is going to have... Uh, I can't remember now, but you've got things like there's another bird of prey, the Retirement's coming out, they're doing Delta Flyer, they're doing the Valiant from uh, Deep Space Nine, they're doing the mm-hmm. Robinson, which is the, the Jemadar fighter. So each of these ships, they're doing a Ferengi shuttle, is one of them doing um, mm-hmm. another uh, base ship. So they're doing loads and loads of ships, and they're doing some of them the first time. So it's the first time I've seen a model of the, the Bajoran scout ship. It's the, fir- it's the second time that we've seen a model of, of that. I know on the web, on Star Trek.com at the moment, they're showing the... Uh, the cards for Dauntless, which is in Wave 16, it is really customizable, and, and, and there's certainly no sign of it, it fading. They've got upgrades now due till January 16, and I'm kind of involved with doing some reviewing for for, the, uh, for these guys, which is really nice. Um, they've, they've kind of uh, I've put myself on it. If you want to use any of the stuff that we're doing, it's great, and it's great because we get to we get to try them out, and we're going to get to see what they do. And and there are some ships which are brilliant, and there are some ships which are just awful whoever has got a bajoran fleet i pity them but if you've got things like like the prometheus then, then you're into it i do have one of my one of my favorites and uh, in my collection and this is just another one is that one. Oh, the from nemesis right yeah uh the yeah scimitar. So, yeah there we go. so I, I don't know is it i mean we do this as a kind of would you buy it or not i mean would you would you buy attack as a i don't know how much you're into your gaming that kind of thing i'm i'm not that much into tabletop gaming mm-hmm. actually i don't know how big it is here i don't know anyone that plays that plays those mm. so if i if i played i would have to play by myself 
which you said some of the that... ships do come with solar missions yeah yeah so um, the the pegasus which was in uh wave fifth wave 40 so that's the pegasus that's the pegasus there nice birth class very nice um for those of you listening that's the birth <laughs> class because <laughs> um, wave 14 had the chronium time ship in it as well and the iss avenger from in america Darkly. so some of them come with with solar missions so the the pegasus came with a mission to get through the minefield a la the pegasus, pegasus episode voyager has the end game scenario which is getting through the the, the transport conduits and the enterprise refit from the movie comes with a voyager episode which again you can play on your own but you need three Klingon ships to, to do it as well okay so there is that option with it but a lot of it is around is around you know you do need other people to play it so I get my dad to come play and whatever but it I guess you're more sort of PC computing gaming than, than tabletop and this is the only thing I play tabletop game I see I do have I haven't played it is the Star Trek Catan yeah I've seen that yeah yeah I've not uh, got it I have to admit it was a little bit pricey, but uh, it went on clearance, so I got it for significantly less. Uh, so I picked it up. I got it for a free piece. Sometimes you just have to do it. Yeah, I, I was like, I gotta get it. I gotta get it. I, I haven't been able to play uh, with anyone. Yeah, uh, but I haven't had the time. I, I feel like it'd be intensive. It would take a day to play this game. I feel. Yeah. Yeah, I can imagine. I mean, with this, I mean, it's, you can you can spend an hour, two hours playing the solo mission just to kind of get your head around the tactics. And there is a lot mm. of stuff. You know, a lot of the cards and a lot of the features can really vary what your ship does. And and, and I need to kind of look at it and go, right, if I'm going to build my fleet, which I really need to do now, out of the numerous ships that I've got, so I want to have a Klingon fleet and I want to have a, a Federation fleet and I want to make sure that I understand how I do both of those. Mm-hmm. It's all down to what's the points, what am I going to be using, how am I going to, uh, what tactics work together, can I use this on this ship? And some of them are limited to particular classes, so it's it's, it's a very tactical. It can be a really tactical game, right? Um, if you get get really good at it. But yeah, I I I, I, I obviously will, will buy them continuously. So, but um, yeah, yep. there you go. So I guess it all depends on your your gaming. Absolutely, absolutely. I just yeah. think I think there are not a vast amount of people in this country that play it, uh, which is a shame. Mm. Um, there are a lot of places that, that will do events and will do tournaments. Uh, it's it's quite hard to find them in the UK. Mm. I know it's bigger in the US but I still think it's not as big as you might expect it to be right, right. Shame. and I wouldn't say you collect them as models because the Prometheus models is- <laughs> okay yeah that was one of my questions uh, I mean what's the price point on these um, so it depends so the earlier wave so we're up to wave six, 15 now so wave 15 has just come out wave 16 is out in July if you're looking for some of the rarer stuff, so if you go back to waves one and two and you're looking for things like the Reliant or the Excelsior, which were or the, the Negvar, which is quite a hard one to get hold of, you can be paying 20, 30 quid on eBay. Okay. Dependent on where you find it. If you know where to look and you can find a retailer's got them, the average retail price is about 11 quid, which is about 15, 16 dollars. Okay. Probably. My, maybe a bit more. Maybe about seventeen, eighteen. So yeah. you, you're talking about maybe seventeen, eighteen dollars, which will give you the ship, which will give you all the tokens that go with it, because each some of them mm. do have extra tokens, um, and you'll get the cards with them as well, which will give you all the individual features. They're pretty decent. The models, I wouldn't say, are the greatest. Okay. Don't buy it for don't buy it for the models. The the bird of prey one, which we we kind of talked about there, is is probably an exit. Is is superb in the quality and the scale that they've done it on is, is brilliant but there are some which are just not great and that, the same goes for for another collection which is hitting its 50th issue shortly the defiant for example and this is just because i've got the box beside me the defiant model the detail on it is is a bit poor mm. so 
So if you want to screenshot any of these, and you can, uh, there are all the all the photos, the models are on are on uh, Scoffs as well. So we can always give you links to any of this if you want to look at the ships. But that's the Defiant. It's not the. I had to get that imported actually because we couldn't. I couldn't get it in the UK. Huh. And then somebody told me that their local shop had got it, and got, I could have just oh. posted it from there. <laughs> so I was gutted. But it depends where you get it. Um, but if anybody is interested in it, I think or whatever wants to talk about it, then, then I'd love to have that chat. Awesome. There you go. And, and you you mentioned the fiftieth issue of Eagle Moss. Eagle Moss. Yeah, it's another one that I'm. I'm sorry, I'm, I'm stealing the, the podcast a little bit. The Eagle Moss collection has reached issue fifty, or it will do in two weeks' time in the UK. So at the moment, the, the ship that came out this week is this is this one. So I've just it's just come off my stand. So this is another one, great one for people in audio land. So this is the there you go. So this is the one that came out this week in the UK. In fact, it came out it came out yesterday it's friday so this is the ecs fortunate okay which is from enterprise uh one the enterprise models may have always been the, the best in this series this is issue 49 uh which came out as i said yesterday in the uk brilliant model really nicely detailed the series has been brilliant and, and we're putting i'm putting a piece together at the moment which is from various people who've collected it and we're talking about the, the best models of the series so far to the 50th mm. the issue that came before it which i also happen to just have beside me is voyager ablative armor okay so linking saw, nicely back to our end game piece right and i i saw this on your instagram i believe yes i might have flipped a couple of a couple of pictures on there about this one mm-hmm. it's really nice it's got a really nice finish to it a lot of people have complained that it's got a red deflected dish on it which is a little bit petty but i understand that it's not totally accurate and that's the issue with the series i think is there's been some that have not been particularly accurate and one of the challenges they're going to have with the, the 50th issue which is the the enterprise the, the ncc 1701 mm-hmm. is that apparently the, the, the deflected dish in the front is translucent oh which is not accurate which apparently is not accurate it was down to a production issue that they didn't realize until quite late on um, and there have been some errors through the series uh, the enterprise didn't have an impulse engine on it the back of the neck valve was a little bit iffy the movie refit back at issue two was was questionable but they've always listened to the fans and they've kind of tried to do the best and they've always really excelled where they've been some some sloppy errors um throughout it but there is going to be i think with any series you're always going to make little errors just based on time scale and, and, and what goes on. Mm-hmm. So one of the things that I have got coming up is a, is a piece about the, what we think are the best issues so far, which is, is definitely going to be coming up. By the time that this podcast goes out, which will be Monday. It should be Monday. Yep. It should be Monday. So I can probably say this, and this is nobody else knows this. So I'm talking to Ben Robinson over the weekend, hmm. who is the guy behind the model collection. So I'm not going to be doing anything which is about what's coming up, Ben, because we know now that it's going to at least make 70 issues, probably 90, probably 100. But I want to be looking. I'm going to have a chat with him over the weekend about what he thinks about the 50th the, the issue so far. So for the 50th issue, we are going to be doing a chat with, with the guy behind the collection, nice. uh, the guy who also did the fact, Star Trek Fact Finds, who did... The, the the technical manuals which came out recently as well through through Haynes, uh, okay. and we're going to do a piece on 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 what he thinks of the the first fifty issues and how it's gone so far. So I'm really I'm really excited because nice. I've worked so long to get this to get this one together. Um, but I know I can say it because I'll have recorded it by the time um, this goes out, right? Which is great. But he's I, I'm, I'm I think they've done a really great job. I think it's taken off far more than they ever expected. Hmm. You know, it had national press coverage in the UK when it launched, and I know you guys are only about two issues behind us i think you're about uh, i think you you're about issue 46 47 at the moment and it's just a great collection that i mean have you i don't know if you've, if you've collected any of them from, I from the beginning no i haven't <sighs> yeah 
yeah, it's a shame because because some of them have been some of them have been dodgy as hell. Some of them have been phenomenal and have just blown mm. the socks off. The the fortunate, for example, is 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 masterful, really nice piece of work. And, and uh, yeah, so there's my that's my kind of little bit of an exclusive fee that I know that will will about the collection for the fiftieth issue, which is what I wanted to do. So I'm, I'm really happy that we can do that. Uh, but yeah, it's a great collection. I know in the US it's going really well, and they've got it's going really well all across the world um, and they'll open up all sorts of markets but they just need to get their back issue process sorted at the moment because mm. I know there are people who are waiting for issues and have been waiting for you my DX Space oh. 9 model turned up after 14 months oh wow <laughs> wow <laughs> well I, half of it I, I actually lost half of it in the post and it, it took half. 14 months for them oh. to replenish it oh sorry okay sorry. but that's, that's I guess that's down to demand I think they didn't expect the demand to be as high as it is I, I know they're out of stock on a lot of stuff on the website, but bye, bye. Mm. There you go. Nice. And I know you also wanted to talk about First Contact Day. Is that right? Uh, it's just, I don't know if you, this is going to be, from the looks of things, the, the second biggest UK Trek event after Deep Destination Star Trek. Okay. So we don't have a lot of big Trek events in the UK. These guys, Will, Ross, uh, David Lindbergh, Tony Burr, who, who are involved with organising and a mass and team behind it, are doing an amazing job. And it's, it's a UK one. I'm, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm now cowboy. I'm <laughs> coming to your podcast. I've kind of done a bit of a, uh, I've done a bit of a, a calm and a reliant and then just come in and just take it over. And the first contact day like this year was was great uh, for some kind of Star Trek. We did, we did a live blogging, um, got to meet Garrett Wong, uh, and it was it was a brilliant day, and it did a really great job. And it was at the Leicester Space Centre, which is a quite a small venue, and it was quite a small room. It was quite an intimate event. But next year, it's going to be. It's just been confirmed in the last two hours that it will be at Telford uh, International Conference Centre, which is a, a much bigger venue, different place. But the the lineup for it is fantastic. I don't know if you've seen the lineup that we're going to have. You should you should come across i will put you up for the weekend ah. you can come and i will put you up on my sofa you can get licked by my dogs excellent what more would you want for the two days um it's only an hour down the road from where i live which is great oh, okay, so yeah. we're, we're gonna bomb down and my, my wife and i are gonna are gonna i've got a stand i'm gonna be doing a, a, some kind of star trek stand this year so if you're going to, oh, nice. to, to we're gonna have a stand there this year yeah. um and it's gonna be i'm really excited about what the, the kind of things we're gonna be doing i've been talking about with will guest wise it's phenomenal so they've got garrett wong again They've got Claudia Christian again. Um, they have Patricia Tolman, who was in Babylon 5, but also did a lot of stunt work in uh, Trek okay. in Generations. So she was uh, Gates McFadden stunt double in Generations. She was blown up in on the Bridge of the Defiant in Way of the Warrior and, and a variety of other places. They also are going to be having um, John Corrigan, who is in Renegades. Okay. So he's going to be there as well. Larry Nemchek is going to be there. Doug Drexler is going to be there. These are all guys that have been confirmed. The big ones that even, I don't want to take anything away from the guests. For me, the ones that I'm looking forward to and the ones that convinced my dad to go, who came with me last year and we were great. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, the ones that are the big ones is is Robert O'Reilly and J.G. Herzler. Okay. Are going to be going yep. well. So it's, it's a great life, and they've not announced all the guests yet. So I, I they've just announced the, the passes that, that are going to be available, which the riser passes. I'm doing some free publicity for them, so I hope I'm getting paid for this. Um, so the riser pass which are the the big ones for the weekend which give you selfie with the fans and with selfie with the stars and you can get to, to go to the the, the, the admiral's party on the friday night before the three-day event mm-hmm. this is all just gone live so you can start looking into that at the moment. but uk fans guys if you're in the uk this is going to be a, a phenomenal event the, the talks that they do are, are brilliant come along 
we're going to be there uh, doing some live blogging, doing some talking to the fans, getting some some uh, discussions with the, with with Star as well. And and you know, Aaron, Aaron, just get yourself on a plane. It's not going to cost that much <laughs> oh, no. for a weekend. Yeah. Hey, <laughs> it's a couple of quid. Well, when You'll be when fine. is this? When is this? It's April, April, April. twenty sixteen. There's a lot of build-up already because they're really kind of pushing out and really want everybody to know what's going on. But I, 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 I said, you know, I, I will promote these guys as much as I can because the work they did for 2015 was 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 superb, mm. uh, and they raised a lot of money for charity as well. So it's it's oh, all nice. in, a lot of it's in a good cause. But it's getting bigger. This year's going to be bigger. Next year, 2016 is going to be massive. 2017, who only knows who they're going to get for that. So. Mm-hmm. Um, I would, I would say, if you're, if you're a UK fan, get in touch with these guys. Follow them on Facebook. Follow them on Twitter. Just, just see what you can do. And, and if you see like what you see, then, then you know, what? definitely get along. Nice. Plug over. <laughs> but it's great news. It's great news that they've got these kind of this kind of caliber guests in the UK and not for an event which is in London, which is a massive thing. Mm. You know, we might not see another destination Star Trek event for another couple of years, uh, and to have this caliber in Telford. Trust me. Look at it. Look anybody in the US. Look up Telford. It's like it's just nowhere. Um, it's somewhere. It's just it's massive. It's absolutely massive. And these guys have done so much work. So much work. That sounds sounds good. Hopefully, hopefully people in the UK listen to the podcast besides you. And uh... no, I just download it on 120 computers every day. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So, so uh, that's all. That's all I have. Is there anything? Wow. Uh... No, I think we've we've covered pretty much everything. We, I mean, uh, it's it's always great to come on and talk to you. And I know I've, I I apologise to anybody who's listening that I have talked for quite a bit of this one, uh, but it's just great to, to come on and be able to have a chat with you and, and and talk through a lot of news, a lot of really really interesting news, uncharted beyond uh, Nishan Nichols, Eagle Moss stuff that's coming out, Attack Wing the whole stuff I mean it's, there's just so there is it's such a great time to be involved with Trek at the moment and, right. and, and, and to be watching what's going on there's so many opportunities and so many possibilities there are there are possibilities as Fox said mm-hmm. <laughs> infinite possibilities wait what is it edict infinite diversity and infinite combinations infinite, infinite combinations that's the one yeah yeah there's there's so much going on at the moment and I'm sure that, that as we get into 2016 it's just going to go absolutely stratospheric Mm-hmm. so we'll uh, I'm not, no doubt we'll be able to talk about it more but uh, you know thank you very much and thank you to everybody for, for listening to me talk about Drek for with yourself for the last hour and god knows how long yeah no it was um, a my... it was a pleasure having you here and for people that don't know your website yeah so you can drop along to uh, skost that's s-k-o-s-t dot co dot uk uh, which is where we I kind of talk about Trek uh, guest writers come on talk about their kind of aspects of Trek we do reviews on things like Attack Wing on novels on the Eagle Moss series which is, is one of the big things we've been covering uh, fan series there are a lot of a lot of things on there hopefully there's something for every kind of Trek fan um, that you'll get from that site if you can't find me on the website, then you can find us on Facebook. Some kind of Star Trek is a page on there. Uh, if you can't find us on there, then we've got Warp Core, which is my, I just love that Twitter handle. Um, <laughs> over on Twitter, uh, we're on Tumblr, we're on everything. Yep. To be honest, on I, I try and get to as many formats. Yeah, on Star Trek Riser as well, which is a really good website. And and again, they are going to be, at, they, they're involved with um, FCD as well. Mm-hmm. So they'll be at FCD as they were this year. And it's Rich's birthday today. I saw that. Yeah, yeah. Happy, Happy birthday. birthday to Rich, the founder of uh, Star Trek. There you go. Yeah. So yeah, uh, thanks for thanks for being here and uh, live long and prosper. Pleasure.
You have been listening to the Starfleet Escape Podcast on the Four-Eyed Radio Network, where you can catch a new episode every other Monday. You can find us on the web at sfescapepod.com. Follow us on Twitter at sfescapepod. Like us on facebook.com slash sfescapepod. And add us to your circle on Google Plus by going to google.sfescapepod.com. This has been another proud production of the Four-Eyed Radio Network. You want to see more shows, go check out www.fouredradio.com, you winkers.